Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is a section of Longfellow's long poem, The Saga of King Olaf. The Saga of King Olaf is itself one of the tales of a wayside inn. Longfellow adapted the Saga of King Olaf from a medieval collection of sagas or stories about the kings of Norway. King Olaf I, not to be confused with the later King Olaf, who is also known as Saint Olaf, is depicted, like the later Olaf, as being important to the conversion of Scandinavia from paganism to Christianity. Longfellow's saga is written in 22 sections, each telling of an episode of Olaf's life and reign, which Longfellow chose from the more than 100 episodes of the full saga. The section I'm reading today is called Gudrun. In the section that precedes it, Olaf converts by force the area of Norway named Drontheim, smashing the wooden images of the Norse gods in its temple and killing the foremost of the people, a farmer named Ironbeard. The section ends with the marriage of Olaf with Ironbeard's daughter Gudrun to atone for the murder of her father. This arranged marriage between Gudrun and her father's murderer is not Gudrun's idea, however, and her feeling makes for a memorable bridal night. The section Gudrun tells of this bridal night. Let's listen. Gudrun from the Saga of King Olaf by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow on King Olaf's bridal night shines the moon with tender light, and across the chamber streams its tide of dreams. At the fatal midnight hour, when all evil things have power, in the glimmer of the moon stands Gudrun. Close against her heaving breast, something in her hand is pressed. Like an icicle, its sheen is cold and keen. On the cairn are fixed her eyes where her murdered father lies, and a voice remote and drear she seems to hear. What a bridal night is this! Cold will be the dagger's kiss, laden with the chill of death is its breath. Like the drifting snow she sweeps to the couch where Olaf sleeps. Suddenly he wakes and stirs, his eyes meet hers. What is that, King Olaf said, gleams so bright above my head? Wherefore standest thou so white in pale moonlight? Tis the bodkin that I wear when at night I bind my hair. It woke me falling on the floor. Tis nothing more. Forests have ears and fields have eyes. Often treachery lurking lies underneath the fairest hair. Gudrun, beware. Ere the earliest peep of morn blew King Olaf's bugle horn, and forever sundered ride, bridegroom and bride. What we are to make of King Olaf isn't clear, either here or elsewhere. Our first President Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, took Olaf to be a model of heroic action recommending the saga of King Olaf to young readers, both girls and boys, saying that if they learn its more heroic passages by heart, 
they will always have in them something to which an appeal for brave action can be made. And Longfellow writes of Olaf's exploits in a manner for them to be enjoyed. Yet many of his deeds are violent and even cruel and most un-Longfellowian. The slaying of Ironbeard and the conversion of the people of Drontheim exemplifies this strange conjunction of high spirits and dark deeds. Ironbeard is introduced with nearly the same language as is Evangeline's father in that most Longfellowian poem, and our sympathies cannot help but be with him when he is slain, even though he is pagan and Olaf is Christian. When Gudrun raises her bodkin over Olaf's sleeping figure to kill him in his sleep, we know she will not be able to carry it through because we're only about a third of the way through the saga, but our hopes are with her nevertheless. At least mine are, and I'm pretty sure Longfellow intends them to be. Let's listen again. Gudrun from the Saga of King Olaf by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow On King Olaf's bridal night shines the moon with tender light, and across the chamber streams its tide of dreams. At the fatal midnight hour, when all evil things have power, in the glimmer of the moon stands Gudrun. Close against her heaving breast, something in her hand is pressed, like an icicle its sheen is cold and keen. On the cairn are fixed her eyes where her murdered father lies, and a voice remote and drear she seems to hear. What a bridal night is this! Cold will be the dagger's kiss, laden with the chill of death is its breath. Like the drifting snow, she sweeps to the couch where Olaf sleeps. Suddenly he wakes and stirs, his eyes meet hers. What is that, King Olaf said, gleams so bright above my head? Wherefore standest thou so white in pale moonlight? Tis the bodkin that I wear when at night I bind my hair. It woke me falling on the floor. Tis nothing more. Forests have ears and fields have eyes. Often treachery lurking lies underneath the fairest hair. Gudrun, beware. Ere the earliest peep of morn blew King Olaf's bugle horn, and forever sundered ride bridegroom and bride. Neither Longfellow nor the saga he drew from say any more about what becomes of Gudrun after she and King Olaf go their separate ways. The saga does include a detail of their parting that Longfellow doesn't, giving us hope that she led a good life afterwards. Gudrun and all the men who had followed her then took their belongings and went away. There were noble men of Drontheim who stayed with their own rather than follow the king who had ostensibly subdued them. I hope you enjoyed today's reading from the saga of King Olaf and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the Fireside. <laughs>